1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
0: to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alrighty, welcome into yet another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, alongside my friend Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, Alex, I thought that, you know, with... Division, you know, division game in the air. I thought there would really be only one thing we'd be here to do, and that would be break down Thursday night's matchup against the Bills. However, we do have to quickly touch on Team USA today. Team USA today and their their solid 1-0 win against Iran. Uh, Captain America, Christian Polisic. I think we got that right after the last time we did World Cup talk, uh, scores the one goal. He he, uh, goes out at halftime, can't come back into the game because soccer rules are weird. Um, but they hold them off, uh, was tight at the end, uh, and U S is advancing once again to the round of 16.
1: Yeah, that was something all As long as there's rooting interest, I can watch anything. So I, I'm looking forward to Saturday, uh, against the Dutch and it'll be
0: fun. Yeah. Um, I saw your tweet. The one thing that was, it was bizarre and it shows sort of how much, you know, people give soccer a lot of, a lot of crap and what have you, especially in the States, but a, it's the world's most popular sport and B it's a hard sport to play you saw it I saw your tweet about how as soon as that the uh the sound they sounded the game off the game ends everyone just fell to the ground and they were completely gassed they were out of it so you know it shows what it takes out of those guys but um yeah Team USA again they're advancing to the round of 16 um after not qualifying for the World Cup last time uh it's good to kind of have some have some roof root for like you said rooting interest in soccer in the air um so go team USA, they'll play like Saturday, you said, right? Is that correct? Yeah, it's to Saturday
1: touch? at 9 a.m. So it's gonna be that good stuff. And then it's conference and then it's championship Saturday in college football. Yes, So it'll be a good time. Of course.
0: Yeah, we'll do uh we'll we'll hit on several uh college football stuff later in the show. But uh let's talk Pat's and let's talk Pat's news. Um, because first things first, they did sign linebacker Jelani Tavai today to a two-year contract extension. Uh a total of four and a half four point four million dollars. Uh it'll keep him with the team through twenty twenty-four. Um, he started seven games with the team this year. He has 38 tackles. He has a sack and a half. He's been a lot better than just about everyone thought he would, especially me, a guy who was clamoring for them to cut him during the offseason. He has definitely impressed me. Um, he's impressed Pat's nation. He's impressed the team clearly, um, enough to have a two year contract extension. So, uh, locked him up for the next two years.
1: Yeah, I think we were all kind of worried back in the summer, and us included, you know, the usage. It seemed like he was in for this big role, and they were using him in coverage and all that, and it's just not the player he is. It's never the player he's been. Right. But I, I I think he's he's filled into a really comfortable role this year on this team as an early down run stopper. He can play both off the ball. Uh, he can play on the edge, right, set the edge. He's a big, strong, physical guy, and there's certainly a need for that. He's kind of in that role Kyle Viennoy was in last year. A little more limited on third downs, but – when they have a guy like Josh huche performing as well as he is you can afford to make that trade-off so you know two million a year essentially for a guy who can give you 35 40 percent of your defensive snaps and play them well in the right situation that's a steal so yeah he's come a long way um it's a case where the Patriots have found it you know going back to the Patriots roots and this is something I've talked about a lot they did what they were so good at for so long was find a guy who's good at one thing, just have him do that one thing. And then you just kind of collect the team of guys like that. And you cover all all your bases. There's been a lot of instances in the last couple of years where they've taken guys and and not put them out of position, but had them play against their skill sets. Jelani Tavai is a great example of this guy can do this one thing that we need him to do. We're just going to ask him to do that one thing, no more, no less. And he's filling that role for not a lot of money.
0: Right. And so, and, you know, bouncing off that and the way they've sort of they've sort of seemingly tried to build this defense over the last several years, it was mainly to beat the Bills, right? And that's sort of what we'll yeah. get into later down the line. Um, beat the Bills, but beat you know these faster offenses, these track meet style offenses that spread them out. You know, they don't they don't ground and pound it. You don't need that big you know run stuffing linebacker. You need skills. You need more skilled linebackers. You're Raekwon McMillan's. your Anthony Jennings, guys like that who have speed. Um, so it looked like during camp when they were really, you know, you really saw that you say your Mac Wilson's out there as well. I, you didn't think there would be a place for divide, but they did exactly what you just mentioned. You know, they, they find a spot for him. He stuffs the run. He makes plays in the middle. He doesn't need to be fast cause he doesn't need to cover. doesn't cover much ground realistically. I mean, he's done it at times and he's succeeded in it, but, uh, again, he's filled that role really well and, uh, roll really well and, you know, deserved the extension for sure. Um, Yeah. So, Bills preview. Um, normally, when you play on a Thursday night, you get a nice long week ahead of you, but the Patriots don't get that, neither do we. Um, that's certainly not the case for them, of course, as they uh, today was their Friday, and uh, they will play the Bills uh, Thursday night. Um, I want to do the defense first, uh, because I think it's the most important piece to this game, uh, because I sort of think they got themselves exposed on th- Thanksgiving a little bit against the Vikings. You know, they allowed Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson to basically shred them. Now you have Josh Allen coming to town. Josh Allen's 4-1 and against this team without Tom Brady. The only loss was a bit of an anomaly, I'd say, up up in Buffalo in the, in the Hurricane game. Um, Josh Allen, in his last five, I have the stats in front of me here, he's completed 71% of his throws against the Patriots for 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, only one interception. I know you don't like to say it, Barth, but he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's also one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. And they haven't had much success against running quarterbacks yet this season. Um, they have had a little bit of success defending Josh Allen against the run. I think he only has one rushing touchdown against them in his career. Um, but the the way to kind of do this, it seems to turn this guy into 2018 Josh Allen. But can they do that? You know how do they how do they defend this guy on Thursday?
1: So so it's much easier said than done but there there is a, a way to do it and the bills biggest issue this year has been turnovers and this is where i i differ from most people on josh allen most people will sit here and tell you that josh allen's the per- perfect quarterback it was if he was created to only play the position and and all others should measure up to him and he's the standard yada 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 and then I say, that's not true. And I basically get told I don't know football and he sucks <laughs> and, he, and or, and I suck. And I'm saying he's terrible and I, I shouldn't talk about football anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Josh Allen is the second best Russian quarterback in the league. Probably the, uh, he is a top five Russian quarterback all time with an above average arm. And he's in a spot in Buffalo that allows him to parlay those two things together incredibly, incredibly well. That I can tell that awesome. took a
0: lot of audio to have to say, huh?
1: No, but heres <laughs> I don't mind saying it. People can't hear it because I say that, and, and, and all of a sudden I'm they a They think lunatic. it's a doc, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The guy who leads the league in turnovers is not an MVP candidate. Just not. It's disqualifying. And turnovers— Brett Favre have,
0: might say otherwise, but— Did he ever win it? When yeah, he led the know. league in turnovers, I'm, I'm I don't think he did. Saying, he was a turnover machine as well.
1: And that's always been, well, until recently, that's the he knock on what him. he does in yeah. his personal life. That's been the big <laughs> knock on Brett Favre's <laughs> entire career. That's why he was never put in the conversation with guys like Joe Montana. I mean, this is pre Brady, guys like Joe Montana, guys like John Elway, guys like Dan Marino, right? He was never in that conversation because he was too careless with the football. That's who Josh Allen is. He's an elite elite runner and he runs a lot differently like the other two guys lamar i think is still a better ball carrier than him and and you're talking historically the only other quarterback that enters the conversation of course is michael vick and allen does it much differently because those two guys were burners they're speed backs he's a power back to be a power back at that position is really really impressive i mean cam newton would be the other guy there and that's who right. i really think the comp is uh, for prime josh allen is prime cam newton but he he, he can run the ball really well. Teams suck up. To, like Teams start focusing on it. You give him a, a top three receiver in the game and Stephon Diggs. And basically, you have to either defend heavily at the line of scrimmage or heavily deep. That's what you have to do to d- defend Josh Allen. And teams pick one or the other, and he, he exploits them with one of the two. Where Josh Allen has really struggled this year is in the red zone. Josh Allen and the Bills – are a globe trotter's offense, and they're very well aware of that. And that's what they, they do, what they want to do. This is what happened last year in the win game. The Bills don't adjust. The Bills are not a game plan team. The Bills will do what the Bills want to do, whether it works or not. And what happens is teams get overly aggressive against them. They can hunt those big plays, and they can survive the turnovers because they're a quick strike offense. They can score quick enough. They can lengthen the game. And give themselves however many shots they need at it in terms of drives so that if they do have turnovers, if they do have bad drives, it doesn't burn them as much. And then having a great defense obviously helps as well. But when the Bills are forced to methodically make their way down the field, they can do it, but not consistently at all. And you look at Josh Allen in the red zone and the Bills in the red zone, the Bills are one of the worst red zone teams in the league this year. Their only real option in the red zone is Josh Allen running the ball himself, whether it's design runs or scrambles. They're, they're, you know Allen's touchdown to interception ratio in the red zone is almost one to one, and their running game is is virtually non-existent at this point. So, it's almost like a bend don't break defense is kind of what you have to do against Buffalo, right? If he if, if they turn the ball over in the middle of the field, you have to take advantage. Can't drop interceptions in this game, cannot do it. That's what killed them last year in the game in Foxborough. But if they do make their way into the red zone, you just got to hold on for dear life while they get down there. And 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 whatever they're going to do in the middle, like don't get caught up in it. Because what will happen is right, teams get sucked up into well, you know, he's beating us with his legs and they're beating us with, you know, checking the ball underneath to Isaiah McKenzie. And then boom, you give him the deep shot and they avoid the red zone altogether. You almost have to flip it. Like flip, flip the mentality. Let him run the let Josh Allen run the ball. Let him scramble up the field because you're just you can't commit enough assets to stop that and take away what they're doing over the top. You can't do it. Let Josh Allen scramble, let him check the ball down, cross in between the 20s. Once he gets inside the 20, then it becomes may uh don't let him run the ball. Make him right. stand in the pocket and make that throw in the condensed area because now all of a sudden. He doesn't have that deep option to bail him out. He doesn't have Stephon Diggs down the field to bail him out. That's all much, much easier said than done, right? That's all, I mean, you've got to be able to, it's not easy to execute all of that correctly, but when it comes to stopping Josh Allen, that's it. You basically, you hold on as tight as you can, and maybe he throws you one, or maybe they put the ball on the ground. You hold on as tight as you can until they get in the red zone. And then when they get in the red zone, Go and hunt that turnover and don't let him beat you with his legs.
0: BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well that's sort of the thing you say about wanting wanting him to throw you one, right? Because he he was really he was really a turnover machine early in his career. He made really. He
1: still is.
0: So that's, that's what I'm getting at here. The ratio is just different now. Right, for sure. But, I mean, you go back to that that playoff game against the Texans where he just chucked the ball behind him, and it's like sometimes right. his brain just shuts off. And I don't know if that's still happening now because he is also dealing with the elbow injury, which he's on their injury report it, this And that's obviously a part of this, yeah. that's def- I think that's sort of a part of this as well. I think he's thrown like seven interceptions in their last five games, and that's mostly been with that that right throwing elbow injury. So I think that's more so the, the turnover machine type Josh Allen we're getting now. It's, it's much more physical than mental, but you talk about their uh, difficulty in the red zone too. Well,
1: Hang on. Can I, can I give you a stat on that real quick here? If Let's I can here. find it. Yep. I, uh, in the last, um, I don't know how many games this is, but this is in, in, I think this is in like the last month. Okay. Josh Allen has his completion percentage is two points lower. His yards per pass is two tenths of a yard more. Exact same touchdown interception ratio, six to seven. An exact same passer rating as
0: Davis Mills. Davis Yeah, I saw that. Nick right so, there. So
1: yes, he he has been struggling. And by the way, somebody pointed out the red zone thing. The Bills in the red zone, fifty-three and a half percent of their red zone drives are ending in touchdowns. Since twentieth in the league,
0: not great. The, uh, so it's not like they, they're not the Patriots, but they're not no. good in the red zone. Another noted Josh Allen hater, Nick Wright, comes into play when you when you bring up the Davis Mills thing because that's the guy who who tweeted it out. So Bar- Bart Allen is in essentially the he's Nickley. essentially I, like, I don't right? you right. blind, that, blind I don't squirrel finds funny. it not every once in a while. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the other thing going on, I see you talking in the chat right now. We also got to talk stop talking about Bailey's happy because it's over and we'll get to that in the yeah. offensive side. But um, but again, tying the Josh Allen thing into. Um, Sort of the Josh Allen injury into some Patriots, you know, injuries as well, I guess. Um, And also just the thing you said about their difficulties in the red zone, like, and thinking sort of how they're going to try and defend these guys. Because Dawson Knox is actually not a bad tight end. Someone who I like, and I don't really normally like tight ends And you don't like tight ends. So what's interesting
1: is that's been one of the big changes under Ken Dorsey from Brian Dable. They're using Dawson Knox a lot less than they they did last year. And And he was
0: good last year.
1: Like, maybe this – the way the, the this thing has gone, the way things have gone for the Patriots lately, this will be the game where Ken Dorsey decides we're going to reintroduce Dawson Knox to the world,
0: but right. it's a good point. Yeah, but that's a guy who could, in theory, be a red zone threat. And then yeah. also Stephon Diggs. Um, he has he, – I don't know off the top of my head how many touchdowns he has this season, but they're all, like – they're long touchdowns. They're not using him as much in the red zone. But you also have um, Jalen Mills, who's been limited with a groin injury this week. Jabril Peppers, who – um, has been on the field somewhat as a safety sort of trying to defend yeah. tight ends and that he was out with an illness today. Um, Evan Lazar said that he spoke to him and said that he's he'll still be ready to go but um taken away from Josh Allen a little bit just how do how do you see them you know defending these guys and do, do you think they match up well because again this Bill's offense they beat the Patriots with Isaiah McKenzie the last time like Isaiah McKenzie dominated them so well, that's I have a I have a tough time thinking this is just going to be like oh flipping the switch game plan this thing and let's let's move because they struggled they struggled mightily last year against this.
1: so again that that whole game plan I gave is much easier said than done right exactly. and, and it's not guaranteeing they're going to do it first off Stephon Diggs this is actually the Bills offense in terms of their like some of the trends and the way they operate is actually similar to the Vikings offense it's done on a much higher level. Right. But there are some similarities there. And one big one, and this is something we touched on last week and something the Patriots couldn't execute and, and was a big difference in the game. Remember, we talked about how much Kirk Cousins' passer rating dropped off throwing to Justin Jefferson compared to throwing right. everybody else. The gap with Allen throwing to Stephon Diggs to everybody else is even wider. So it's over a 30 point gap. It's it's 121.5 is his passer rating throwing to Stephon Diggs. It's 89.0. I forget if it's 02, 03. It's 89. Call it 89.
0: And they're and their two and three are better than I would think than uh maybe Thieglin, I guess. But well, I mean so Davis Gab-
1: Gabriel Davis has had a weird year. I, yeah. So Alan's thrown 11 interceptions. Five of those have been targeting Gabriel Davis. That's wild. He's been like really hit. He's kind of been what de- he's been very comparable to what de- Devontae Parker's been this year. Yeah. Right? Where it really is 50-50 balls. So but if you take away Stefan Diggs. Like, Josh Allen's the best player in the Bills offense, fine. The most, impor- or is the most important player in the Bills offense, fine. The best player in the Bills offense is Stephon Diggs. Sure, Stephon Diggs is the reason the Bills are able to operate the way they operate. And the reason Josh Josh Allen's ascension, people are like, oh, my God, he just suddenly got so good. What happened? He got Stephon Diggs. That's what happened. That's right. what allows them to play offense the way they want to play it. So you got to take him away. And this is the biggest change from this matchup. I know the Bills changed their offensive coordinator. That's probably the second biggest. The biggest change is there's no J.C. Jackson. And for whatever the reason was, Stephon Diggs had J.C. Jackson's number. You just see that sometimes with wide receiver corner matchups where one guy, regardless of how good they generally are, right? Devontae Parker owned Stephon Gilmore in his prime regularly. Malcolm Butler, remember, used to shut down Antonio Brown when he was with the Steelers. Like, you could count on it. That that was another one. Stephon Diggs just owned JC Jackson and Patriots never adjusted off of it. I'm not sure they had an adjustment to make. Remember how banged up their secondary was at the end of last year?
0: So John Jones mentioned it today, didn't he? That he, he was yeah, out of the so game he didn't, last year. Completely. Yeah, he didn't play in either of those games. Right. So
1: or any of the three, actually. So whether it's John Jones, whether it's Jalen Mills, I'd be very hesitant with Jack Jones. I know he's looked good this year, but he's no still way. a rookie. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do that. But, but it's it's got to be that – basically what they did with Jefferson, where it's help over the top, where it's brackets, where it's true doubles, and he still might beat you like Jefferson did. He's just that good. But you need to take Stefan Diggs out of the game plan – out of the game. If you can do that, you're going to force Josh Allen to throw to guys he's not as successful throwing the ball to. That brings us to Isaiah McKenzie, who last year, when Diggs was covered, became that outlet. This yep. one's much simpler. Isaiah McKenzie's really fast. He's one of the fastest players in the league. He He's probably the fastest player on the Bills' offense. I think he's faster than Diggs. And the Patriots had, you know, Jonathan Jones was hurt. Miles Bryant was the slot corner. They didn't have a ton of depth behind him in the first matchup. In the second matchup, remember, the secondary all had COVID. Jalen Mills was out. They had Devontae Bosby out there, an eighth-round pick in the USFL a couple weeks ago. And basically what they did was they just kept running... Isaiah McKenzie on over routes. All right, running over this way, running over that way. And they basically turned it into a foot race between him and Miles Bryant. And Miles Bryant does some things very well. And he's had a good, you know, rough start to the year, but he's had a good couple of months here. But he's not the fastest corner in the league. He's just not. And, again, it was a foot race. He does a lot of
0: things well. He does a lot of things well. One thing he doesn't do well is run. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Well, see, so he's actually very quick. He can change direction
0: well. It's just. No, but when keeping you turn, up with a defender like that, right.
1: When you turn it into a foot race, like he can't keep up. And the Patriots never adjusted out of it again. And he's just literally running past my, it was that simple for all the, oh, the Bill's offense is so wild and dynamic and all that. No, one guy was just faster than the other guy. And Allen kept hitting him. That's basically what that game came down to. So what's the adjustment this year? When the Patriots drafted Marcus Jones, my first thought, my first thought, was this is the guy to cut? This is the Isaiah McKenzie answer because he didn't run a 40th combine. He was hurt. Reportedly ran a 4-3-3 in his pro day. He he I mean, just watching him. He, he was one of the faster corners in the draft. He is a guy I would characterize as a fast player. I don't know. Like if we were doing it on Madden, you know, Madden ratings, he might be a point or two behind Isaiah McKenzie. Call it if Isaiah McKenzie's a 95, he might be a 92 or 93. But he's he can keep up. That's the point. He can keep up. He's not right. going to be. I mean, Mackenzie was blowing past Miles Bryant. Marcus Jones isn't going to beat him to the spot, but he'll be competitive. He'll be there more often than not. In in you know, force Josh Allen to throw the ball into a window. So, and, and if they don't feel comfortable with Marcus Jones, the other way they can go, Jonathan Jones also
0: very fast. Right, that's and probably they, what they'll end up doing. If they also want, Marcus Jones is hurt as well. He's banged up with an, an ankle. Not that he's well, going to miss the game, but.
1: But so is Jalen Mills, who would then be the guy covering Stephon Diggs.
0: So uh, if they don't use John Jones, OK, that's, if they that's don't use. Right. If John Jones is on right. Isaiah
1: McKenzie. So they're going to have options. I would go John Jones on Stephon Diggs. I'd start off Marcus Jones on Isaiah McKenzie. Ho- I, I, I say hopefully you can adjust out of it. They didn't always do that last year. Right. But I would give Marcus Jones the shot here. I, I really would. I think we when he ha- he's only been targeted six times on 57 passing snaps this year. I mean, he's been good in coverage yeah, in the limited he's there, examples yeah, yeah, he's had, right? I think you have to take some risks in this game, whatever they are, Marcus Jones covering Isaiah McKenzie to me is a good risk. And also Jalen Mills on Gabe Davis. I love that matchup for the Patriots, yeah. with the season Davis has had this year. I don't love Diggs on John Jones, but that's, that's not a Jonathan Jones thing. I digs is just, I don't love having to cover him period, but
0: well, Jones, it's the same Jones. thing that they did with Jefferson last week, right? You don't love right. the matchup, but you kind of just have to try your best to let it not beat you. And Jonathan Jones seems like put the guy best to do guy. that with.
1: Right at a certain right. point, put your best guy on their best guy. That's what it would be, and then Marcus Jones with on the help side. over the so, top. Right, right, with help over the top on on Diggs with 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 Jonathan Jones. Yeah, right. that that that's what it is to me in in terms of the coverage for the Patriots. That's how I'd line it up.
0: It seems to make sense. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention on the defense was. Just the way that last week worked with Christian Dariusaw being out, and they still couldn't seem to get Matthew Judon going whatsoever. Um, and now you have the Bills with Deion Dawkins, who missed another day of practice today. Who, I mean, again, today's their Friday. If he didn't practice, I don't. They don't have anything out yet. Um, they'll probably you know give out their full a second you know sort of injury report for each team heading into Thursday tomorrow but if Deion Dawkins is out that's that's another that's another hole in an offensive line for a second week in a row where you have to get this pass rush going Um, I know it's 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 tough because you don't want to sell out on the pass rush on a guy like Josh Allen because you want to keep him contained but Uh, You still got to try and get after him and kind of make him turn into like like I mentioned three times now the 2018 Josh Allen. So are they going to be able to do that with you know Judon again? It it didn't seem like it was a conditioning thing last week. It was just seemed like they just couldn't get it done.
1: Yeah, and I I they might approach this differently. They're not. I I almost the rush plan they had last week. I feel like works better for this game than it did for that game. And I wonder if with the short week they doubled up. But like you can pressure Kirk Cousins and whatever. Like just get after him. You got to be really careful with the way you pursue Josh Allen because he'll get out and run right. And they, it was a much more careful, controlled like that rush plan looked like it was designed for running quarterback. I don't know why they're in it against Kirk Cousins, who's not a running quarterback, but right. They this is the kind of game where they could come away with no sack. Like hypothetically, I'm not saying this will happen, but this is the kind like last week they needed sacks, they needed pressures. Right. This is the kind of game where they could come away with no sacks and we still might come out of it saying, Hey, the pass rush played really well. Like it's, it's sort of set up for, it's more just about contain control, not letting Josh Allen create. I, who called it earlier this week when the players called it street ball, uh, or that might've been bill who called it street ball. Yeah. Um This is more just in and, and, and some of that stuff they were doing with the wide nine and, and, you know, these like hybrid, you know, contain flat almost coverages, yeah. You can run some of that against Josh Allen that makes sense. This is not a week where they need to be chasing sacks and chasing pressures. If they can get him, great. Like if you if you get to Josh Allen, you can get him
0: on the ground, the pocket, excellent.
1: But don't blow your contain over it. It's not worth right.
0: it. Right. Again, if if they contain him and he does not if he doesn't go for fifty yards on the ground even, right? And he doesn't end up right. scoring a touchdown on a long run that's just broken because, you know, the pass rush over pursues and then the, the linebackers are out in coverage and there's no one there. Or even you keep him in the pocket for too long and he makes a dumb mistake. So, right. Again, it's it's oh, I, it's, I said it it's a game where they can win it from there. Yeah.
1: I said it before. Josh Allen's an elite 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 running quarterback with an above average arm. If I'm going to pick my poison, I'm picking the arm. As long as you can get it covered downfield. See, that's the thing. I think the Patriots understood that and they used I think that was their philosophy going into the last couple of matchups was we'd rather him throw than run. The problem was that only works if you can cover it, and J. C. Jackson couldn't cover Stephon Diggs at all, and and Miles Bryant couldn't cover Isaiah McKenzie. I'm interested to see now that their secondary is reshuffled. Like that is the their overall approach actually wasn't horrible. The execution was just atrocious, and they never adjusted when it didn't work. I'd like to see them go back to that overall approach now with with what is hopefully better coverage with what looks to be better coverage matchups. Even if that means, you know, Matthew Judon doesn't get a sack and, and is relatively quiet in this game.
0: Right. And it's all, like, it's that, um, you know, beat him beat him with the arm, make him beat you with the arm, and Josh Allen right. basically was like, up up yours, where I'm going to be able to beat you with my arm, and he right. did it. So, I mean, kudos to him, I guess. But uh, anything else on the D before we uh, switch over to the offense? That's sort, of, that's sort of what I had. I think that's, again, it's easier said than done, but that's the way they're going to have to go about this game.
1: Um... No, I think that's it. I think that's it on that side of the ball. I mean, it's I, I have a big point at the end. Or you know, here's my big point because it pretty much that's applies it. to that side of the ball. Sure. I, the biggest thing with the Bills right now is the Bills are very aware of who they are, and their opponents are very aware of who they are, and they're building that kind of mystique that teams like the Chiefs have had, you know, the Patriots had back in the day. Where first of all, on there, and I kind of talked about this. They are so into this whole quick strike, big play. We don't need to play real football, arena ball offense. They'll chase it. And if it's there for them, they look unbelievable. But if it's not there for them, they'll keep trying it. And that's the kind of thing the Patriots need to take advantage of. How they can do that. And this is the flip side of it. What frustrates me watching teams play the Bills is teams respect the Bills too much. And I don't mean like the bills are overrated. What I mean is teams are too aware they're playing like, like the bills are good. They're not different. The bills are not different than, than other entities that have existed in the NFL in the past. When the reason the Ravens used to give the Patriots, these fits like back in the day, right? The Dynasty era they could come into Gillette and and maybe they didn't win it. Right. They would play the Patriots close more often than anybody else. The Ravens were the one team that looked at the Patriots and said, so what? Right. Mm -hmm. We're going to do what we do. We trust what we do. We're going to do what we do and make them beat us. You had all these other teams come in. The Steelers used to do it all the time. Obviously the other AFC East teams used to do it all the time. The Colts used to be bad with this. They would come in and try to reinvent the wheel. Like, Oh my God, we're playing the Patriots and Tom Brady. And we need to do this assignment and that, and we need to change this and change that. And, they're doing all these things that probably work nice in theory, but they're not built to execute. and They can't execute. The Patriots would blow their doors off. You're, you're starting this. The same thing happened with the chiefs, by the way, you're starting to see that now with the bills where teams respect the bills too much to the point where they end up beating themselves. They get two in their heads about it. And again, the bills are great. They're not different. They're not that new. Like they're doing some new, they're using some concepts in different ways, but this isn't anything the NFL's never seen before in a big picture point of view. They're a down-the-field quick-strike offense. The Patriots have been this way. The Chiefs have been this way. The Ravens were this way at one point back in the day. The Bucks, like, it's been done, right? Right. We And we heard Matthew Judon talk about this a little bit last year. And he was a guy who was in that Ravens locker room at one point. When Brady came in, said, he's just a quarterback. He's a great yeah. quarterback. But, like, we're, we're, we're NFL players, too. Like, we have abilities as well. And they, they held up pretty well against Tom Brady. They ultimately lost the game, but they held up pretty well. The Patriots don't, the Patriots should not respect the Bills. And what I mean by that is respect them in the sense that they do things well and, and focus on that. Don't over-pursue Josh Allen all of that. But they have a good defense. They have right. a good defense. Trust it. Trust it. Try to do what they do best and just don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't change everything because it's the Bills. Just well, the, play, the play the game you play.
0: There's sort of a team that you know. Looking back on it now, and you mentioned the the Bucks game. They're a yeah. team that I feel like they don't they don't really do that. They don't really like you say respect the and not in a bad way. No, it's, they, that's just right. That's the best way to put it is they don't look at the opponent and say, "Holy crap, that's the Bills or that's Tom Brady." Or they just go out and play right. their brand of football. They did it against the Packers this year. At the Packers, it's a tough. It's a tough uh, comparison because they're not the Packers of old, but it's still Aaron Rodgers and it's still Matt Lafleur, who at the time was winning like 70% of his games. They went in there with Hoyer and Zappi and they were this close to winning the football game because they just played their brand of football. So I guess, yeah, I I mean, I, I agree with you in that sense where it's like this was a team at the beginning of the year where they went into L.A. and they beat the Super Bowl champs. And it was like, holy crap, what are these Bills? They're beatable, and they've shown it a in the last couple of games even. so. That Rams
1: game was the epitome of what I'm talking about with teams respecting the Bills too much. That and the Vikings, remember when they let, like, this is a perfect example of it. Remember when the Vikings essentially gave the Bills a walkthrough before overtime in that game in Buffalo a couple weeks ago? The Bills needed a field goal to tie it. Yeah, you don't want to get beat, but there's, they have like two pass rushes, and there was nobody else on the screen. Everybody else was 50 yards back. No, you step up. You can tackle them. They're the Bills. You're allowed to tackle them. Like it's just it's it's frustrating. So, you know, some another thing is too players don't want to tackle Josh Allen. And I think some of it is that he's a big guy and he's going to give you you know he's going to give you a shot. But players are around the league are very gentle with Josh Allen, probably more so than they need to be. And I don't know if it's guys don't want to be the player that hurts Josh Allen if he gets hurt. I don't know if guys don't want to take the hit. I, if it's a respect thing, whatever. Years. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying go out and try to hurt Josh Allen. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But in, we hear guys talk about this all the time. If the quarterback's going to run, you got to make him feel it. And and Matthew Judon said as much uh, yesterday. And Judon's not a guy who be careful with quarterbacks. He's not. So right. I mean, it it all goes into that. Just like you don't you don't need to respect them that much. They're a very good football team. You've played good football teams before. You'll play good football teams again, right? You, you played the Bucks last year. You played the Cowboys last year. Uh, who are some of the – it's it's tough to think of the good teams they've played this year. Honestly, Minnesota's a good team, right? Minnesota's they've a good team. They've got good teams coming up. The Bengals are on team. the way. Miami's a very good team. You've played good teams before. You've played good teams. Uh, you know It's NFL football. At the end of the day, them, right? every you're an NFL there. team, NFL.
0: you're an NFL team. Just play your game. Speaking of uh... – well, not really. Speaking of NFL teams, but speaking of, uh, you know, I tried to I tried to do it, but it didn't work. Let's talk about LinkedIn jobs. <laughs> I was trying to go for the uh, the NFL teams, and the NFL coachings, and you know, people. Oh, I, I, you should have just gone season. right to
1: Zach. I would have just gone right to Zach Wilson.
0: We could talk Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson lost his spot, but I think we did that last time. But anyway, let's talk about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs, Alex. Because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be one hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at and Us Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job, then just add your listing in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch closer to December, to tomorrow? Or Thursday is the first day of December. Uh, as we inch closer to December, it's the perfect time to add that right team member to your team and end 2022 strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat. That's linkedin.com beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The thing I was trying to tie it into, Alex, there with the jobs was just that report that uh, I had tweeted about it, and then I think Dolla wrote about it today for you guys on the Sports Upwards. There's, there's two things going around now. Josina Anderson said it, and then Dan Graziano said it as well. That uh, there's some monitoring about the Patriots and the Seahawks as potential vacancies uh, for head coaching jobs next year. I don't know how much you want to buy into it. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but that's where I was going as far as LinkedIn jobs. So I don't know if the Seahawks and the Pats are going to be using LinkedIn, but if they do, who's they the should
1: third? Because it was the three longest LinkedIn. tenured. It was the three longest tenured coaches, right? Is Who's it Tomlin? Is it Is Tomlin? because I'd buy Tomlin. you know, I yeah. does he really want to do that whole rebuild. He's so established and, and they're gonna yeah. need like a full rebuild at this point. Bill Bill wants Shula. Bill wants to catch Shula. yeah. I think so unless so it, it, unless it's Kraft potentially forcing him out, which I, I don't think we're as close I to that either. as some people think we are. Um, Pete Carroll, honestly, Pete Carroll seems like he's having fun with Gino Smith. Maybe he doesn't want That's to have to pick a next quarterback, Lewis, right? Right. Maybe it's like a hey, fun final year with Gino, and let them figure out the quarterback thing on their own. I could see that kind of the same thing with Tomlin. Hey, Kenny's not it. I'm not doing this again. But Bill, Bill wants Shula, and I, he's not going anywhere as long as he has a chance to get that record.
0: I, I agree, and I also think that, um, and let's tie this into the offense moving forward against the Bills because I think that they do. You know, there was there was some ups and downs here, and and we had been sort of halfway on the zappy bandwagon when he was going for it and whatever. And, you know, we played pretty well and Mac was hurt and they were moving the football, but you know, last week, I really think this offense turned a corner um, just as far as the way Mac Jones is able to play football. Right. I mean, he threw for almost 400 yards. He didn't turn the ball over for the third consecutive game. And I just thought Mac played really well. And I think that it's still, he showed that it's everything else around him that's sort of bringing him down this year. Um, they do have a tall task this weekend, though. Max said it himself that the Bills are the best defense in the league. Um, and they sort of have that, or at least prior to Thanksgiving, the Bills did have that three levels of players on a defense. Fawn um, Miller now might is going to be out this week with a knee injury. But, um, I mean, Greg Rousseau has stepped up there a little bit on their front. I mean, I their he, entire defensive line is banged up so on the injury report right now. Right. So, I mean, the, the D-line is where they can sort of get after it. But, I mean, they have Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano. Uh, as linebackers and then their secondary I love I mean Jordan Poirier is a beast Kyrie Elam's really good and then Trey White is back who has missed uh, most of the season this year so um, yeah I mean how do they attack the defense I think last year the Bills sort of took away the the middle for Mac and made him throw outside Um, that's something that I noticed just kind of sort of looking back on it but I think the last week against the Vikings, Max showed that he can sort of make those outside throws. I mean, he made a couple. He's made them this season, and we talk about it on the show, where use the use the boundary throws and use the deep throws uh, in bits and pieces and let him take advantage of it. And don't just make him do it all the time. Uh, but he showed these make, make those throws this year. But, again, how do you think they sort of attack this defense on Thursday?
1: All right, so this goes to the, the big-picture game plan, right? I talked before about how the Bills have that big margin for error. They turn the ball over a lot, but they can score quick. This is one of those games, and, and Mike, I think this is the first time we've had this conversation. People who've listened to the show for a couple of years know this is a concept I turn to a lot, especially when you face a team with a great offense. Talked about this before the Bucks game last year. Talked about this before the Cowboys game last year. Shorten the game, mm-hmm. keep the clock running, limit the number of plays, and, and the big one is limit the number of drives the Bills have. Because again, if Allen's look at like like the Bills have escaped with a lot of games in the fourth quarter, right? Well, let's look at the fourth quarter another way. It's not so much the quarter itself, but the, the the spot in the game. The Bills really get their offense clicking. Drive eleven, drive twelve, drive thirteen. Right, if they really get it going. If you shorten the game, if you keep that clock running, might be the fourth quarter, but you're still on drive eight, drive nine. Right, those later drives don't happen, and then the Bills and they again, it's easier said than done. But then the Bills have to play. You know, they they don't have that room for error because it's not, oh, we'll have drives later to make it up. They might not have that if you can keep the clock running. That means for the Patriots, ball control. you got to have the ball. you got to be picking up first downs. You've got to be extending drives. That's all things the Patriots have struggled with this year. They're in the bottom third of the league in, in 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 plays per game, in drives per game, in drive length. They're 25th and third down percentage. Like, they've not... They really haven't been able to do any
0: of this this year. So much easier. This is where it's completely easier said than done. We say this a lot, but it's like, that's exactly what it is right
1: now. It's, I mean, it's complimentary football. The best way to stop Josh Allen is keep him off the field. Keep him off the field. Keep that defense rested. This is the best thing the Patriots could do for their defense is hold on to the ball. They haven't been able to do it. So how can they do it in this game? What can change? The bills, especially since Micah Hyde went out for the season, right? He's on IR. The Bills have struggled to cover tight ends. They've allowed the fifth most catches to tight ends in the league this season. It's either 56 or 65 is the total number. I forget which one, but it's a lot. They've allowed a lot of catches to tight ends. They're also one of the worst tackling teams in the league. They've missed the uh, sixth most tackles of any team in the league. Their missed tackle rate is higher than that. You know, Their bottom three in missed tackle rate. They, the PFF has them as the third worst tackling team in the league. They even with, I think it was a 40 tackling grade, which is bad, which is bad. Yeah. They don't wrap up and tackle. Well, again, it goes into this whole, it's they are global trotters team. They're out there hunting turnovers. They're out there hunting big plays on defense as well. They're not interested in grinding it out defensively. That's right. not how they play. So what does that mean for the Patriots? Get the tight ends involved. And I know a lot of Patriots fans are probably rolling their eyes and thinking, an original take. The Patriots should use their tight ends more to improve their offense, right? We've only heard I that take highest paid tight end everybody, everybody for two years. Right. Right, exactly. But, you know, they've gotten them more involved the last couple of weeks. Johnny Smith had a big game against the Jets. Obviously, Hunter Henry put up some big numbers last week against the Vikings. Two touchdowns. Two, ta- Robert, two right. touchdowns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you don't need to throw the ball down the field to him. Honestly, that's not what you should do. Play action. Get them going in the flat you know, especially Jonu Smith in this game, because he's so good after the catch, getting him the ball, you know, the short flat throws off play action, um, you know, have him come out of the backfield, whatever it is, get those mismatches on the tight end, get them the ball and let them run with the ball after the catch. That is going to be the best way for the Patriots. And, and honestly, if you can figure out ways to mimic Ramondre Stevenson as a tight end, the Bills have actually been pretty good at covering tight end, at covering running backs this year. Matt Milano, is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league, might be the best coverage linebacker in the league. But if you can mimic looks where you force the bills to take Ramondre Stevenson in a tight end assignment that could play in here as well. That's very complicated. And we know this offense doesn't do a ton of complicated things, but get the ball to the, you know, run the ball first. You have to be able to establish the run in this game to keep that clock running. First and foremost, Bill's defensive line is banged up. We'll see if David Andrews comes back, but run the damn ball off of that. Play action, short, intermediate plays to the tight ends, let them create after the catch. That's the game plan. If you want to build off of that and take some deep shots, you can if you think you have the look. But remember, they had a little bit, a little bit of momentum early in that playoff game last year, and then the pick to
0: Nelson Aguilar down the field, right? Oh god, repeat. calling it momentum's a stretch bar. They got there. They were very stuff added to them. They did. It was, was like dry. I
1: said very, very my point is like. They went for the kill shot and yeah, complete like the kill shot isn't one play. You can't beat the bill. It's like, Oh, if we hit them for an early touchdown on a big play, No, because the bills can come back and answer it like that. And you right. saw what the Vikings did last week. It was a kick return. It wasn't on offense, but Patriots had that big drive, all the momentum, the Vikings kick return. Boom. They never recovered. Right. The kill shot to the bills. Isn't. A 65-yard touchdown to Nelson Agholor, Devontae Parker. The kill shot to the Bills is like a 14-play, eight and a half minute. You know, Matt Jones QB 85-yard drive, right? Like that sucks out half a quarter of the game. That's the, that's the drive the Bills. They'll give you the big play. They'll give you the big play because they know their offense can answer it. The kill shot to the Bills is the is taking time off the clock and scoring nine minutes without Josh Allen getting on the field. That's their nightmare. That's their kill shot. That's what the Patriots need to try for in this game. And they haven't been able to do it this year. They really haven't. But if they want to win the game, they're going to have to.
0: That's what I'm just, I was just going to say. I I don't, I just don't know if I see that happening because I mean, Ramondre has one, one game of over a hundred yards rushing this year. And I know he's been great. He's been their best player on offense, but it's been his versatility more so than just his ground and pound. He, He leads them in receptions. Um, they've been using him again. They've been using him in the passing game as well. So it's his versatility that has made him so successful this season. But, again, this feels like if they do it right, it's going to be his his second game over 100 yards rushing. But, again, you have Andrews who's banged up with the thigh. Hopefully he returns. Yanni Kajas was on the injury report with the calf, too. And Damian Harris is out for a third third day. He's not going to play. So it's going to be the Ramondre Stevenson show again. This is one of those games where, you had talked about it, is – you just give it to him and you let him do it and you worry about the results after, but is he going to be able to succeed in that role on Thursday? That's well, what that's, I don't know.
1: And, and that's why I think you got to get the tight ends involved because you need another right. option. And
0: you can't just rely on him because I don't think it's going to be, you're not going to be able to succeed in that. And but I'm not, telling you, not a knock on Stevenson. It's a knock on everything else around him. Basically.
1: It It's burned in my brain last year, the Patriots, they, it, this was more of a wouldn't than couldn't, but they didn't throw the ball down the field. They they never t- really tested the bills, in the matchup at and it's burned in my brain. The bills, they put 10 guys in the box. They mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar was lined up out wide. They had one. I, it wasn't Trey White. He was hurt. I don't remember who it was at the time, but they had the one corner out on the boundary playing like, you know, five yards off Nelson Aguilar Patriots in a bunch formation besides that. And 10 bills defenders in the box. And they said, run it and yep. Patriots did. And they couldn't. So, right. You need something else. You need some sort of reason to not let them stack the box. And that's where that play action, you know, those release plays, the check and release plays to the tight ends. If you have everybody looking run, everybody sucked in on the run, and you can go check and release to Jonu Smith, that is a play that is going to work this week. It's a play that would work a lot of weeks, and they haven't run it. But Ramondre Stevenson's, the Bills are going, if I'm the Bills, right? Let's pretend this is Bills beat for a second. We're sitting here for an hour saying, take away Ramondre Stevenson. Right. That's it. And and that's it. Take away Ramondre and
0: let Mac beat you and yada, yada, yada. Let them
1: beat you some other way. That's what the Bills are going to try to do. Ramondre is going to be a huge part of the game plan. Of course he is. And if he plays well, it can only help. But they need – it's not just success outside of Ramondre Stevenson. It's using the Bills' focus on Ramondre Stevenson against them. They need to find success in that specifically. And that's tight. That's play action. And specifically play action to the tight ends.
0: Well, it's not too. It's like I'm just building off that. It's Ramondre and them focusing on him, and it's also their their prep for it. But it's also the um, just the way they're like they play that you know quick burst football that the thing that they do right. on offense. They do it on defense too, and they try to exactly. make big plays. And they they're not necessarily as disciplined as most of the better defensive teams in the league. They're so good on defense because of their big playability, well, and, not because of their you know, yeah, because of their
1: technique. And especially exactly. now, like I, I, you know, a guy like Micah Hyde, right. He's a very disciplined defender. He's not going to be on the field. They've right. got first and second year players all over the secondary outs or, or, yeah, pretty much outside of Jordan Poyer and, and Matt Milano. They've got a lot of young guys in coverage roles right now. Right. So it's something the Patriots just need to be able to take advantage of.
0: I, I wonder, I mean, again, uh, you can read my prediction on clnsmedia.com for this game. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, but it seems like, Alex, it's just a lot of easier said than done talk from us today. And I just wonder how they all put they put it all together. It's you know, as a Patriots fan, as much as I am a Patriots analyst here, I want them to be able to go and succeed, and it sounds like it's all it's all gonna be able to work that way, but I mean the Bills have their number, and I just I, I wonder. I do, I wonder how it's gonna turn out on Thursday. I feel like it's not gonna be I I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be that pretty for them, but I guess we'll see what happens.
1: So I'll say this. Bill started the week. One of the very first things he said to us on Sunday was we're preparing to play our best game because that's what we're going to need this week. If the Patriots do play their best game, they can beat the Bills. It doesn't necessarily mean they will, right? but if they play their best game, they can do it. The margin for error is I don't even know if there is one. I was going to say it's incredibly right. narrow. I don't know if it exists. Right. You know, can't, can't be taking penalties on third and fourth down. Can't be turning the ball over. Can't have some of these special teams miscues. Like that was my keys for the game will be up tomorrow. The last one was win the game on the margins. Obviously you right. got to be better than the bills in the big picture, but they need to be better than them at every single facet of the game. They got to win the penalty battle. They got to win the turnover battle. They've got it. They they have to take advantage of special teams. Like those sorts of things. They can do it. again. And I'll sit here and say it again. The Bills are not different. They're good. They're maybe great, but they're not different. It's not like the, you know, we've never seen a team like this before. Right. I've seen, a you know, an explosive team with a turnover-prone quarterback. We've seen that quite a few times. They're kind of just a souped-up version of the Chargers, really, or the Chargers with a better coach. Right? Sure. But – it doesn't mean that they're easy to beat either. They're they're hard right. to beat, but they're not impossible. I think there's this idea the Bills are impossible to beat. No, they very can happen. Yeah, they're they're very possible to beat. But for a team like the Patriots to do that, they basically if the Patriots play a perfect game, they can do it. If the right. Patriots play a perfect game, they can do it. But they have to pretty much play a perfect game. And the 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 whole thing this year, really, the last three years, has been the little mistakes. The little mistakes are what killed them. Maybe not against Buffalo last year. You don't lose 47-17 on little mistakes, but right. you know, against Minnesota, it was little mistakes. Against Green Bay, it was little mistakes. A lot of these games that they've been in, Miami, a couple of the Miami games in the last few years yeah. have been little, like again, on the margins is the term I keep using. On the margins mistakes. You can't for a team that's had a lot of those, they cannot have any in this right. game.
0: It's not typical for a Bill Belichick team to play nope. like that either. Not. They, so. they
1: were the team that won in the margins for 20 years. Exactly. They won because they were better in the margins than everybody else. And even when it was close, even when they played some of those other great teams, you know, I just mentioned the Ravens thing, right? And, and the Ravens always respected them or never respected them. Right. Well, the reason the Patriots pulled some of those games out, I mean, look, missed field goal in the AFC championship 2014. The Ravens had some bad penalties late in that game that let the Patriots back in it and ultimately win it. You can't, have that margin for error.
0: And right. and, and it's just they have to be the Patriots of old, basically. I was gonna say we'll see if they can play that brand of football, that old Patriots. Um again, it's not gonna be easy, but it's doable. Hopefully Belichick can you know, rally the troops and let them ha- let that let them make it happen. We'll be back on Friday, uh, post Patriots bills on Thursday night, Friday morning after Bill speaks, um, sorta like we did last week, to recap Patriots bills. Um, but before we wrap up wrap up this show, Alex, let's get ourselves into a quick college football minute because we had quite another solid weekend of college football, and uh, I'm just waiting for the backer to load. But in the meantime, there was a few great games. Obviously, Michigan beat Ohio State. Um, that yep. was probably the the greatest game, the best game of the weekend, um, just as far as hype around it. It's called the game, the back and forth. But um, Ohio State loses, basically taking themselves out of the playoff picture, and C.J. Stroud essentially taking him out of the Heisman picture. Is Ohio um, State out of the playoff picture? Are they? Well, that's sort of what I was going to get into here because we have the top six, and it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, yeah. and Bama. USC and Bama, well, that's, that's at the AP. least – That's, the, that's AP the AP top Polk. six. College Correct. football comes that's, tonight, couple hours. Yes. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. But are they out of it? Um, can Alabama get in? And is there a – scenario? these are all three separate questions that we can sort of go back and forth on. But my question is, is there a scenario where Caleb Williams doesn't win the Heisman Trophy?
1: And um, that can sort
0: of, go, sort of go into our entire – yeah.
1: I, I guess I'm going to answer that one first. I, okay. I
0: don't think so. I in theory, say he goes, say they go to Utah or play Utah and Vegas on Friday. Yeah. And he just throws up a stinker, like three interceptions. They lose by like 20. And I'm not saying that's likely at all because I think they're going to win and I think he's going to win it. But hypothetically he does that and no one else plays on the weekend in the Heisman race. Maybe right. Max Duggan. Like, is there a way it happens? Well,
1: so so that's the thing. It's interesting you said that. Like I somebody has to catch him. I don't think he right. can lose it on his own. The one guy so Duggan would be one actually. I wasn't even thinking of Duggan. If Blake Corum's healthy and plays and goes off and okay. And and, and Caleb Williams is like a really bad game. Maybe. I the committee's right. not going to want to give it to Duggan. He's TCU. You know I it's know. not they're not like a blue blood and he wasn't a top high score recruit not like I love TCU because they're not sexy at all. Like nobody wants to pick them. It reminds me Nobody's of like when Colin in Klein them. was a finalist. All right. Well, they, no, that's different. Colin Klein was, no, don't, don't compare Max Duggan to Colin Why? Klein, Please. That makes sense. Max Duggan is like the sleeper quarterback diamond in the rough of this draft. Colin Klein was just Tim Tebow with worse branding.
0: Well, they both wore I, purple. I love <laughs> so okay,
1: <laughs> watching Colin Klein at Kansas state. Colin Klein was never right. going to sniff the NFL. Yeah, Max, I think the team that drafts Max Duggan is a very savvy, smart team. Like, right. I, he's a guy that I think has some NFL upside. I'm not saying I take him in the first round. He's raw. But he's a guy I think – right. anyway. Yeah, I, like Duggan, he would have to have a bad game, and Duggan or Corham would have to really go off. Right, ah, It's possible, but I don't think likely. As for the playoff, right? Yes. Georgia's winning in. Michigan's winning in. TCU's winning in. USC, Maybe. If USC plays, if Utah plays USC close, the allure for the because remember what the committee's doing. Remember what the committee's doing. They're trying to set up. It's not just picking the best four teams. They're trying to get the TV ratings. They, what's going to give you the best TV ratings? Right. If it was you know, Penn State in Washington at five and six, no conversation. But right. it's Alabama and it's Ohio State. It's two of the biggest draws out there. So, I think they're both still. I think if any of those teams lose, Georgia, uh, Georgia's probably winning it. Georgia's probably in regardless. Even if they lose to LSU, I still think they're in. They're the four, but they're in. Right. Michigan? I don't know. Because
0: you could set up, you know. Really? I don't know. You think if Michigan wins, there's no, they could still not make it? They're at two right now. No, you're,
1: no, sorry. You're right. You're right. No, Michigan's. what yeah. kills Ohio State is they quit the fourth quarter of that game. Right, right. If if they play Michigan close, there's a case to put them both in, especially if Michigan struggles exactly uh, against the, the Purdue spoiler. Remember, they call them the spoiler makers for a reason, right? Yeah. We'll see. But I USC and TCU need to win to get in. If USC or TCU lose, one of them, one loss, Ohio State's getting in there because what the committee really wants, really wants is a two, three Ohio state, Michigan or Michigan, Ohio state rematch. Right. Yeah. That's what they want. And then there's Alabama. Well, the two know. loss. I Alaba- said it the other day, two loss, Alabama over one loss TCU. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's what the committee will do. Two loss, Alabama and one loss USC. Or Sorry. Two loss, Alabama. I, I, I lost, I lost my train of thought there. Um, the committee is going to basically. The committee's going to look for every excuse to put Ohio State and Alabama in and keep yep. TCU out. USC is kind of on the fringe. If they blow out Utah, I think they're safe. If it's close against Utah, that might be enough of an opening for them.
0: It might. I just have so. I just have a really hard time thinking that they're going to come out tonight with these rankings. And USC is going to be ranked number four. I don't think there's so there's a way they aren't, right? It it should be tonight Georgia Michigan TCU USC. Right. So, I have a really hard time thinking that if USC is for tonight and they yeah. play in their conference championship game while Alabama and Ohio State are on their asses at home. And even if they win on a last second field goal against a Utah team that already beat them this year and is the 12th ranked team in the country, even if they kick a freaking field goal to win the game at the end, are they really going to put an Ohio State or an Alabama over them just because they won it by three and not fifteen? I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen. I get before. your point. They've,
1: they've done it before. They've done things like have this
0: they before. Have they done that though? I know it's been crazy. I know there were times where TCU. I remember it. I was sitting on an airplane. It was 10, five years ago. Whenever they did yeah. it, and TCU was like right on the fringe, and they just won the conference. Or no, it was when the pa- or the, it was when the Big Twelve didn't have a conference championship, and then they added it. But right, regardless. Of that. Yes, it was because of that, because they didn't get in. So they made a conference championship game. I don't know. I just have a hard time thinking they'll do that to USC, but I guess they've done things like that before. Yeah,
1: I just, I, 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 it, basically because if it comes down, they, they'll look at it as one loss Ohio State with a loss to Michigan, who's in the playoff, or one loss USC with a loss to Utah, who's not in the playoff. If, if, if USC wins close, if USC blows out Utah, what? Yeah. They're not going to be able to take them out. But if it's, well, all right, they're clearly comparable to Utah, who's not a playoff team. They have as many losses as Ohio State, whose lone loss is to a playoff team. You know, I – Well, then how much get, do they value get, the I'm not saying State. I would agree.
0: They say they value the conference championship. Yeah, they that. say a
1: lot. Of, they They I value know, the, what delivers. I'm not – look, if it was me, if it was me, Georgia, Michigan, I, I I think it's pretty much decided at this point. I think a yeah. lot of strange things would have to happen. Georgia, even if they lose to LSU, they've been great. Michigan's undefeated. They have the win against Ohio State. I might bump them down to four if they lose, but they're in. TCU, assuming they win their conference championship, like they're in, right? USC, USC with that one loss. Who does TCU Kansas by? State, Kansas State. Okay. But On even if they even if they were to lose to Kansas state, right? Like they're 12 and one, you Ohio state's 11 and one. And like, why do I need to see them beat Michigan? If it was me, I think I'd lock it right now. Yeah. They are going to look for every excuse possible to put Ohio state. And if they can Alabama into this thing, that's just how they do it. So,
0: well, that's why again, you said- they're going
1: to, they're going to look at it as one loss, one, uh, uh, one loss USC with a loss to a non-playoff team versus one loss ohio state with a loss to a playoff team that's how they're going to look at it
0: we'll see what happens that's why you said to ohio state they kind of screwed, they might have screwed themselves giving up at the end of that game
1: because so if if ohio state loses that game by like a score call it even we'll call it 10 points if they lose that sure. game by 10 points there's a very legitimate discussion right now for who is number 4 usc or ohio state right like that becomes a very prominent discussion because they got their doors blown off they don't get right. the benefit of the doubt there, which is, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Ryan Daga. Like, it bugs me how his beard pisses me off. He clearly dies it. It's annoying. But, like, <laughs> he, I guess he's a good football coach. I, 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 he I, is. Think, I the, think he's a good coach too. I think he kind of gets a bad rap all of a sudden. I think the, well, here's the thing I think the real, like, magic there is the assistant coaches in Brian Hartline, the fact that no NFL team has thrown a bag at him yet blows my mind right i think he's got a great staff and it's more the staff than him personally but that game is a major major indictment on ryan day personally like it not the program on him yeah because they were like they weren't gonna win the game but it's kind of like soccer right we have the world cup going on right now we're like that goal differential matters right it doesn't concretely matter but like if they come back and they show some fight it changes the whole narrative and it's all resume, right? You have these teams late in the year that run up the score on an inferior opponents because they want to show the committee just how good they are. Right. Ryan day. It's kind of the flip side of that. We're like, Hey, we're not going to win the game, but we've still got a playoff shot on the line here. We need to show we can hang with these guys. We need to show we deserve another shot against these guys. And Ryan day couldn't get his team up for that moment.
0: And that, that that's a rough look. That's a bad look for Ryan day. It's a good point. Again, we'll see what happens. The rankings come out tonight, I believe, 8 p.m. Is that when they do it? It's 8 or or, 9. Well, it's normally
1: like at halftime of a college basketball game or between college basketball games. Yeah, that's true.
0: Or whatever, so. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I know. Hopefully USC gets in because I want to see Caleb Williams. That I want to see USC in. He is electric. He is is a stud.
1: I think the group we have right now would be a fun playoff. I changed the order. Like, the game I want
0: is TCU-USC. I right, know I that. know. I wish they could do it that way. There's no way it's going to happen that way.
1: So but. the only way that happens is Michigan has to win. In, if Michigan wins and Georgia loses, right? Because then Michigan moves up to one, they're not going to kick out oh, Georgia.
0: Georgia goes to right? four. Yeah, okay.
1: Georgia goes to four, and you would have, and then USC has to win convincingly. USC right. and TCU too, probably. They both have to win their conference championship games convincingly. If they do that, that's the scenario I'm rooting for. You would get yeah, Michigan okay. one, and we get the Georgia-Michigan rematch, which would be fun, too. Right. You get you would have Michigan one, TCU, USC two and three, in whatever order, in Georgia four.
0: That would be that fun. That, It also it gets
1: us fun one, outcome.
0: It automatically gets us one of USC or TCU into the final. Which into is the final, which would also be very fun. Yeah, so that'll be good. We'll see how it goes. We'll monitor that. We'll talk about it next week. Um, we can talk about that Friday, I guess, a little bit, too. We'll see where see – where, uh, well, actually, yeah. no. we'll see where the rankings go. But maybe anyway,
1: we, do, for- we look, we normally do a game pick at the end of the show, right? A, a Pac-12 championship games Friday night. So maybe we, yeah. do, maybe we make that our game pick. We'll do that for Sounds the like other Friday show. Yeah. Sounds like a
0: plan, Alex. But uh, anyway, back to Pats. Let's wrap this sucker up. Patriots will play the Bills Thursday night at Gillette yeah. Stadium. Division rematch. Um, me, we just previewed the whole thing. I don't see how it's going to go the Patriots way. You know, I, I think they could play it tough, but... We'll see. I don't know. It's bills have their number right now. That's how I see it going. But again, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say it's yeah, this is Thursday. this is the def. I know it's on Thursday, but this mm-hmm. is the definition of an any given Sunday game. Yeah. If one team plays their best game and one team comes in kind of lazy, it, 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 it that's how the upset happens, right? It, it's an right. any given Sunday kind of thing. But the thing about any game, like those aren't those are rare. Those moments are right. rare. But it's it's especially on a Thursday. Especially on Thursday. <laughs> Although, today's Friday, so
0: who the yeah. hell knows? We'll yeah. be back on Real. Anyway, they play Thursday. We'll be back on Real Friday to recap it. Uh, make sure to follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth, and read his stuff on 98.5sportsup.com. Do the same for myself. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Cadlick. I'm trying to do the thing you did last week, Barth. Point to your handle. It's there hard, go. Man. Uh, Yeah, it is. You're flip-flopped. Uh, but anyway, you can read my stuff on CLNOSmedia.com as well. Um, until Friday, we will see you guys.